Welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Reeves, and my purpose is to help women grow their online businesses, influence, and income with ease. If you're ready to drop the excuses and start showing up as the boss you know you're meant to be, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in today to another episode of the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. Listen, I'm not the biggest fan of podcasts that do a ton of interviews personally. I know like if I'm tuning into a podcast, it's because I like the person who's hosting the podcast and the topics that that person talks about. And oftentimes podcasts that do a ton of different interviews, I I inevitably end up losing interest. That's just my personal experience with like the exception of the Joe Rogan podcast because that's all he does is interviews. But other than that, for the most part, that's what happens for me. And I feel like I can't be the only one. So when it comes down to interviewing people on this show, obviously I do do it, but I keep it to people that typically I know and that I know is going to provide like game changing information. And the truth is I get hit up multiple times a day. I get on average, probably five emails a day, people pitching themselves to the podcast, which is really cool. And a lot of these people have a massive following and have written books and have done like really awesome things. And I probably should have some of them on the podcast, but I don't know. It's just, it's never really been a priority of mine. So I say all of that just to kind of let you know that anytime you see an interview on here, it is because the person that I have on really blows my mind in some way. And I know is about to blow yours and has some incredible knowledge and value to share so much so that I make the time and effort to bring them on this platform, which I treasure so much. So anyway, this interview that you are about to hear with my girl, Lindsay Paoli, is a perfect example of why I break my pattern of solo shows to do interviews because she is the epitome of a game changer. So a little bit about Lindsay. She is a master's level marriage and family therapist and transitional coach in Las Vegas. She owns a private wellness-focused therapy practice called Fundamental Health, where her mission is to help others through her belief that prioritizing mental health through the mind fundamentals is the best and easiest way to create a happier and more fulfilling life. And MIND in the mind fundamentals is actually an acronym that Lindsay created that stands for Movement, Intention, Nourishment, and Deep Connections. Her husband is an entrepreneur in sustainability, and together they balance several new businesses and two toddlers. And what she and I are discussing on today's podcast is a concept that is probably a little controversial and definitely bold, and that is the importance of putting your self-care before everything else. And 
why we decided to talk about this and why Lindsay won, wanted this and found this so important to bring this to the podcast today is because through her own life experiences and also through a lot of therapy sessions with a lot of women, she realized that as women, we are only able to fulfill our greatest potential when we first learn to prioritize our self-care first over everything else. And she's figured out, again, personally and through clients that once you start doing that, everything starts to fall into place with more ease. Your relationships um, with your, your spouse or your partner and your children, your career, your goals, and you know what you would consider success, your influence, your income, all of the things. It just kind of starts to come together. So obviously, there's a lot to unpack there. And again, that might raise some eyebrows with some people. It might be something that other people celebrate. For me, it's something, a concept that conceptually I love and I understand and I know why people say that, but it's still hard for me to follow through on that, especially when push comes shove and there's only time for one thing, business or self-care. I nine times out of 10 will choose the business. So we get into all of that. I'm really excited for you to listen. So if you are somebody who you are interested in, in learning about the importance of taking care of yourself first and foremost, before other things, or you know that that's an area of your life that you could certainly improve upon, um, or especially if you've burned out in the past or you feel like you might be burning out or you're on the verge of burning out, um, we get into all of that because here's the thing, like I have the best, hardest working listeners in the world listening to this podcast. I know y'all, a lot of you have multiple jobs, multiple side hustles, full families, huge goals. You have so much on your plate. And a lot of you are like me because I've had these conversations with you where we definitely tend to take care of the other things first before ourselves. So if that resonates with you at all, you must listen because we have such an incredible conversation. I'm really excited for you to hear it. So enjoy this chat between me and Lindsay. And by the way, any course or mastermind that we mentioned, she has some things coming up that might be of interest to some of you. So anything that we mention, we will link in the show notes along with Lindsay's website and her Instagram account. So definitely check those out and give her a follow because she shares all the goodness all the time. She's so smart and she's witty and she's bold and it's just very refreshing. And I know a lot of you will love her as much as I do enjoy. Lindsay, finally, I got you on the podcast. I know. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this for months, it feels like. It's been a minute since we've been talking about this. So I'm just so happy that you're here hanging out with me and for what we're going to talk about today, because I'm kind of slinging this on you now, but I'm going to be using this as like a therapy session for myself. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. <laughs> Lindsay's a therapist. So this is me being sneaky. No, we're going to talk about such an awesome 
topic that I need to be reminded of constantly. And I know that you know so much about it. So I cannot wait to dive in. But before we get to all the juicy things, introduce yourself, please. All right. Well, thank you. I am a therapist. I'm a marriage and family therapist. I'm in my intern process of my licensure still, which I'm required by my board to note to you. (laughs) Um, And so that doesn't mean that I only see couples or families. It means that I view all of our issues systemically. So I'm taking into account the way that your family functions together, the way that your family of origin taught you certain patterns and how their family taught them. Um, We take into account your culture and how that affects you, even like our societal views, um, your spiritual um, beliefs, all of that play into what people come into therapy and consider problems, right? So having to consider all of those factors and how we can start making shifts that are then also going to shift the system. Um, So it's a really complex process. But I do actually primarily work with individuals and I started out specializing in anxiety and depression because we're currently um, in the U.S. right now at the highest rate. We are experiencing the highest rates of anxiety, depression, suicide, and um, addiction than we've ever seen in our country ever, despite Mm -hmm. the Great Depression, despite many wars before us. Right now is the time that we are suffering the most. So I really wanted to dive into that. I actually personally um, have experienced my own anxiety and depression. I was um, diagnosed at 18 and was (laughs) referred by my doctor to go to a therapist. Um, But I'm actually a military brat and was raised in a really conservative family. Um, And just talking about our feelings and going to therapy was just not something that was considered effective or even doable. So I really avoided it for a long time. And that led me to the next 12 years of really kind of suffering silently, like a lot of people do, because you don't want to take the medication. You don't want to talk about it. It feels like it's like a personal problem and, and you're getting by, right? Like a lot of us are really high functioning with this. Mm -hmm. Um, So it doesn't become a problem until it becomes a really big problem. And that's, what it was for me. Um, The way that you think about yourself, especially when you have anxiety and depression really affects the choices that you make because your thoughts create your emotions and then you respond and behave out of emotion. So when you're feeling like you're worthless or not worthy, you get into relationships where you're worthless and not worthy. You make career decisions where you're not really striving for the greatest part of yourself. And, um, that kind of caught up to me when I turned 30 and realized this was not the life I wanted at all. I had dreamed so big as a little girl. I was really unhappy with the string of relationships I'd been in. I'd been in hospitality for 12 years and I was really successful working on the Las Vegas strip and I was climbing the ladder and, you know, hitting all my marks and, it just wasn't fulfilling. I wasn't happy at all. And I was like, how did I get here? And so mm-hmm. I finally gave in and went to go see a therapist 12 years later, you know, no big deal. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't even on my own. I was like, I'm in this terrible relationship. You're the problem. Let's go to couples therapy and then maybe we'll figure out what's wrong. And we ended up breaking up in couples therapy. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is a recurring problem. I have a problem. Will you keep seeing me? 
And I did. And I kept going to my therapist. She, not even her, just I think me taking the accountability to start taking care of myself changed my life so drastically that I went full single white female and like became a therapist. I feel like I like stalked her. I was like, I'm going to become you. And I still see her today. And like, we laugh about it. I was like, were you so freaked out when I was like, I'm going to become a therapist? (laughs) She's like, no, like I knew my whole life over because you inspire me. I love that. Literally. So now I really want to help other women to Mm -hmm. identify the problem a little bit sooner, avoid making the problems or making the mistakes that I made along the way and kind of get the message out as broadly and as widely as I can um, to just help women start helping themselves in a way that we necessarily haven't been taught to or um, fully believe that we're capable of, I guess. That's so powerful, especially, I mean, I feel like the best teachers and therapists and you know, whatever it is that you do are the ones who have been through whatever they're helping somebody go or something, helping somebody out of. So the fact that like you've been through depression, you've been through the bad relationships and looking back on your life, like what the heck is going on? How did I get here? I mean, you, and at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. realizing like, oh, the common denominator in all of this is me, you know? Oh, and that is so hard. <laughs> yeah. To realize that, especially once you get into your upper twenties and you thirties mm-hmm. and that it's really hard to look back on. So yeah. So you had a, a great awakening for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Turned your life around and here you are. Exactly. And so let's talk about the depression part because That is, I mean, like you said, so many people are dealing with it more now than ever before. What is there like main areas that it's stemming from that you've noticed from your own or from research, like what, what's happening? My research, I'm actually, um, starting to realize there's a pattern within my clients that, like I thought going into anxiety and depression was going to be really surface level. It was going to be really easy. There are therapists that take care of really heavy areas. I mean, homelessness, addiction are, are things that I didn't think that I was going to be capable of handling. So Mm -hmm. I went into therapy knowing I wanted to have more of a kind of coaching practice. Mm -hmm. And I thought that anxiety and depression would in the long run be really easy because you know, I was high functioning and that's the, the type of working well is what we call it in the industry um, that I wanted to work with. But what I'm seeing is that most anxiety and depression is stemming from unprocessed trauma. And I think trauma is a really scary word because immediately a lot of us are hearing trauma and we're like, nope, I didn't have any abuse as a child. I wasn't like sexually abused. There's no like I didn't go to war, you know, like I just lived a normal life and things were fine, but complex PTSD is actually understanding, um, the ways of multi-generational trauma within your family. So if your grandma's grandma was living in a state of poverty or there was domestic violence within the home that then impacts the way that she thinks and teaches her children, which impacts the way that they think and teach their children. Wow. So there's a lot of that. And even just 
perception is reality. So the way that children respond to discipline or yelling or attachment, there's all kinds of ways to experience trauma that I think a lot of us don't realize are as impactful as they, as they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just because somebody experienced one level of trauma doesn't mean that somebody with less level of trauma isn't just as impactful for that. It's all relative, right? hundred percent. And that's a, that's also a recurring theme within trauma victims Mm -hmm. is by nature, somebody who's experienced trauma, no matter what type of trauma will minimize it. So whether they experienced a horrific abusive situation they're in their mind going to minimize it. Just like somebody who's like, no, I just, you know, my brother picked on me when I was little or there was bullying. It wasn't that big a deal. Minimization is a really common response to trauma. Um, It's just the way that we tend to protect ourselves. Yeah. And you hear other horrific, terrible, terrible stories. You're like, well, thank God. I mean, that wasn't me. So yeah, exactly. I must be, I'm not gonna be a baby about it. So, okay. Which feeds into the depression because depression is a lot of guilt. Like I'm not supposed to be in this place. I can't, I'm, you know, socioeconomically stable. I'm in a healthy family. Like I don't deserve to feel this way. So that trauma minimization even amplifies the depression a little bit more because depression is really very guilt driven. Wow. That is super, super interesting. Yeah. I I could totally see that. Like, how dare I take for granted this great life that I've been given? And then, yeah, you feel guilty and it just totally drags you down. And okay. So people not dealing with their trauma and then they get to a certain age and it just, it just weighs on them and it carries on into their adult life. And they don't know why they feel the way they do until they actually get it out in therapy. Exactly. And the way that trauma works is you don't necessarily know that it's there, but sometimes your brain processes memories. Typically you integrate them, you store them um, and things are all fine. So I compare it to like your computer files, right? Like you store all of your files. There's all the different like um, folders and like ways to categorize your files and they, they're stored and things are fine. But if you have like a random pop-up and there's a virus or something like won't go back down, that's how I explain trauma. And it's like a memory that you don't know is there, but it's affecting you. It keeps popping up. And so like when people say they're like triggered in an argument with their partner or something, and they don't know why it's that pop-up that's, that hasn't been effectively stored or properly stored because it wasn't processed effectively. So, and if you're ignoring the fact that the trauma exists, you can't process it. So it does become um, a problem later on and, and you might not even know what the problem is and going to therapy does help you kind of uh, hone in on what is sticking out and causing those problems. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you and you and I, we've worked together and you've talked about this for like the stigma with that comes with therapy that a lot of people mm-hmm. carry, um, and myself yeah. included, you know, I've never been to a therapist. God knows I should be the first one <laughs> in, in your chair, somebody's chair facts on facts. And it's just one of those things. It's like, ugh. I don't want to go through that. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about the things that are in the past. I want to move forward. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. 
And that's something that you dealt with too. So Mm -hmm. how do you help people for anybody listening that maybe carries the same stigma that we both have or had when it comes to therapy? How would you explain it to somebody? Therapy is... I actually had a client explain it to me this way the other day. And I was like, that is so incredible. Um, I think the really scary part of therapy is you're anticipating you're going to go in and say things that you've probably never told anybody, Mm -hmm. right? Because you don't want to, like, we don't want to address it. I don't want to talk about this. Even if it's just like a secret thought that you have that you don't even think is real, saying it out loud is terrifying because then what if it comes true? So my client came in and he was like, when I carry the burden, it's incredibly heavy and, you know, I can barely get through the day coming into therapy helps me to kind of give you a little bit of that burden and then still have enough for myself to get through it. But at least you hearing it is like taking some of that weight off of me. And I mean, I think that that's true because there are tons of theories in the way that therapy works and there's all kinds of like these evidence-based trials on what specific theory is supposed to be the best, but we are shown over and over and over that the therapeutic alliance, just the connection and trust between two random people, they don't have to have any sort of degree or training, but I highly recommend that they do. Mm -hmm. But just the unloading of these emotions and having that trust is 85% of the effectiveness of therapeutic process. So just think of it as going in to talk to a friend and your first two or three therapy sessions are going to be, should be really light and easy and just getting to know that person anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, But that friend is there to bear your burden for you and help you carry that and lighten your load every single time. That's so good. Yeah. And I heard, I don't, I can't remember exactly how this was worded, but I heard some, (laughs) I think it was on like a YouTube video (laughs) Um, talking about how when you get out these thoughts and these things that you've been holding in, it's like getting rid of disease, like keeping things bottled up literally creates disease in your body. I don't know if that's 100% true. So there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. It's all about trauma. The more we internalize our trauma because our body responds physically to trauma, right? Like you are to a, a... a terrible situation, you, your fight or flight kicks in, your heart rate starts pumping, your muscle creates fast twitch movement in order for you to escape or fight. So the more you internalize that, we're showing that it's creating, we have the highest rates of back pain in the world. Mm. And we talk about our emotions less than most other countries. Um, we have higher rates of cancer, obesity, addiction, again. So all of these things are definitely... And being shown by uh, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk is the name of the author for The Body Keeps the Score um, to stem from unprocessed trauma. And yeah, talking about it, processing it is huge and beneficial to your health. So good that I need to, I need to read that book. Everybody it's does. so good. It really is. And it's kind of, and you're right, like we've all been brought up to believe, I mean, especially as millennials, you know, go to school, get the job, do the work, hustle, 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 don't yeah. slow down, make the money, you know, and like, hey, I'm I'm here for it. You know, I, I totally bought into that too. But now that I'm getting a little bit older, I mean, I think it's inevitable. Like you get, yeah. you get to 
to 30 and it's your body's like, nah, no, we're not. I am tired. Do it like that anymore. And by the way, these things that you haven't dealt with your whole life need to be talked about. And otherwise I'm going to make your life hell. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like shifting. I think of it. I, I mean, I've heard this referred to like a masculine way of doing things to a more feminine way, kind of reversing mm-hmm. that, which is what we're going to talk about today in a sense is kind of taking care of yourself first mm-hmm. and foremost, before you do the things yep. and then seeing how, how easier life flows for you. 100%. So how did you get there? Like where, where did that come from? Was it from just working with so many female clients and seeing a pattern or through your, your own experiences? So it started with my own experience and going to therapy. So I started going to therapy and it was almost immediate. Like that relationship ended and suddenly I met the man of my dreams and like, it wasn't, not that I was even I was kind of looking, but not that I was like desperate at the time. Like I had always been desperate to be in a relationship. I was already behind the curve. Like I felt like I should have been married with kids by 25. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I got married at 25 and divorced, which only fed into my feelings of failure and like not being where I wanted to be at 30. Mm -hmm. So um, when I met my now husband, it wasn't to fill a void. It was just an exciting time to like meet a partner that was unlike anybody I'd ever met and, um, who we just connected on a truly deep level because I was learning about myself. So the more I started taking care of myself, the more these other things started falling in line. So making the decision to quit a really successful career at the cosmopolitan at the time, um, to go back to grad school, which felt absolutely insane. Um, when you made that decision, I think I was 32. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like offering me promotions. They're like, stay, we'll let you go to school during work hours, just stay. But honestly, I was so burnt out because I mean, hospitality is just like any other corporation Mm -hmm. where you're on call 24 hours a day. Like if you don't respond to an email within five minutes, it's going to be brought up at the meeting the next day. It's so stressful. I was like, how am I ever going to have a family and do this at the same time, especially at this level? Like I'm not even like high level management, I'm mid management (laughs) and this isn't where I want to be for the rest of my life. So just starting to make those decisions to prioritize myself and what I wanted my future to look like, um, made everything kind of fall into place a little bit easier. And then I had more time to start taking care of myself and do things that I enjoyed. I happened to enjoy um, like competing or running or working out. So that's something that you and I share. I love your workouts. <laughs> you. I'll tell Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I had more time for that. And then I was seeing like how quickly and easily that was also changing my mindset. Like it's a lot harder to have a bad day when you have the endorphins flowing from like an early morning workout. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things just started falling into place. I realized um, that at my worst bouts of depression, I was the most isolated and I intentional, intentionally stayed away from everybody because I didn't want them to see me like that. I was a strong, capable, independent woman who was driven for success and very ambitious. So 
to not be able to shower, get out of bed or make things look the way I, I needed them to. I would just call in sick or feign some terrible accident or something and then pull my ish together the next day and pretend like nothing had happened. But it was a really lonely place. And I recognized, you know, as that cycle continues, that the more lonely I got, um, the deeper it got. So I started focusing on making sure that I was reaching out to people preemptively so that I couldn't allow myself to get into that place. And so eventually, then I was, um, well, eventually I created the mind fundamentals. Mm -hmm. So I it was a cheeky little term that I thought was funny at the time because I was going to create a business called um, Mind Games, mm-hmm. but it was already taken. <laughs> so it. I created an acronym for a company that I ended up not building, but now the acronym is, is stuck because I it's think it's genius. So yeah. So as long as you're prioritizing your mental health and uh, instead of like people prioritize their physical health all the time, right? Like people talk about how important it is to go to the gym every day, but nobody's talking about mental health and everything's connected in the body. And in fact, your brain runs your body. So if you're not taking care of that, then everything can go by the wayside. Mm -hmm. So mind stands for movement, intention, nourishment, and deep connections. Mm -hmm. So movement is obviously the physical aspect of it, getting outside, preferably outside, making sure that you're getting some sunshine um, and getting your heart rate up for at least 30 minutes. Intention is just setting a goal and achieving it. And that is long-term as well as short-term because having daily accomplishments is just as important as planning for the long run. Um, Everybody knows that day that they like spend too much time on Netflix and they end up like binge eating candy and they're Mm -hmm. on the couch for 18 hours of that day. Those are the days you go to bed and you're like, Oh, I feel like crap. I literally accomplished nothing today. Mm -hmm. So even if you wake up and you set the goal of like, okay, today I'm going to shower today. I'm going to make my bed and then I'm going to rest. You can make the intention to be to rest, but make sure that you're also accomplishing something along the way. Mm -hmm. And that totally just plays in your mind in a, in a more powerful and positive responding way. Um, nourishment is, I'm 100% a huge believer that mind and body are connected. What you fuel your body with as far as food, food is hugely important, but more importantly than that, I think that we have gotten away from the idea of just having fun, (laughs) like for fun's sake, like getting into that flow state and, and finding the thing that like really fuels and drives our spirit. and. So it's, it tends to be like hobbies are, are, are tapping into our creative nature. So mm-hmm. things like learning an instrument or playing an instrument, if we already know one, um, doing artistic things, uh, reading, writing. I know that you journal, um, things like that, where you lose time doing it. That is so important, especially if you're in an eight hour day where you're not um, feeling that, that drive or that ignition, you know, like that ignited spiritual like vibe is so important to incorporate at least 10, 20 minutes a day. I'm missing that one big time. Like Chris has Mm -hmm. taken up golf and that's like his new thing. And he's just constantly trying to, you know, at the end of the day, sneak away to hit some balls. And he's like, well, you should go do something. And I'm like, what? I don't, 
I don't have a hobby. I yeah. literally like I that's my least favorite question. Somebody's like, what are your hobbies? I'm like, I don't I <laughs> make TikToks, which that is, I mean, to me, that's, that's fun. Crazy. It's fun. So yeah, maybe, but it's also work. Um exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, and so that's part of the problem we do with women is we multitask. And so mm-hmm. once everything becomes work, it's not fun anymore. And even if you love your work. I think that your audience is really a a self-driven audience. And so we do love what we do, Mm -hmm. but there's got to be more too. Like it can't all be part of the hustle, you know, because then it loses its, its flow factor. So Mm -hmm. I agree. We got to get to a hobby. I know. I know. What did you like to do as a kid? Like, what are things that used to like excite you? The only thing, cause I've, I've had this conversation many times with Chris and the only thing that I can think of is I wish there was like adult, um, gymnastics not, or tumbling, not gymnastics. Ooh. I, I cheered in high school and yeah. my, it wasn't the cheerleading that I loved. It was the tumbling, like going yeah. into, into tumbling practice. It fired me up. It was so much fun. Yeah. And I mean, God, I mean, shoot, I can't even imagine bending my body like that and doing any of that. I would probably break in half, but, <laughs> um, but I, I mean, just, there's like adult dance classes. There's gotta be adults. There are. Them. Yeah. I'm not going to go there, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I, I should Something to explore, explore at least. What now? Something to explore at least. Something to explore for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'll keep you posted. I'll keep it. Okay, good. I'm going to follow up on that. Tumbling. <laughs> <laughs> Allie broke. You're mind. like doing somersaults with crews in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> this is all I can do. I used to be like back tucks and now I'm doing somersaults. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the final one is deep connections. Like I said, it's so important to make sure that we're not isolating, especially in those vulnerable moments. So if you get into the practice of staying connected. And I think that that's been the biggest takeaway for most of us with Corona is like, Oh, turns out we can't just live on our phones all day. We really need humans. And I think that that's great. I'm so excited that that's been such a big topic of conversation in our country (laughs) coming from this, like a good positive is that we really rely on that. We truly are tribal creatures who require friends and family and talking about real things instead of, you know, getting into those like fake, how's the weather kind of conversations. Uh, yes. You know? Small talk. Can't yeah. not handle it. The worst. <laughs> okay. So mind fundamentals, movement, intention, nourishment, deep connections. Is that what you would consider? So, so I know you made the statement earlier about how like self-care basically over everything to make your life kind of flow and let everything come together more naturally. So is mm-hmm. that what you would consider for self-care, the the mind fundamentals, the movement, intention, nourishment, deep connections? Is that what you consider? All yes. I think definitely incorporating those at some point of your daily routine is mm-hmm. really important. And you asked earlier where that came from. And part of that was my experience. But then as a therapist in practice, I'm also seeing couples and families and the women are completely burnt out or they're trying so hard for their marriage to work. And at the end of the day, 
if they're not taking care of themselves, then nobody else around them is respecting them enough to. And I need to teach them that healthy boundary. Like you can't hold yourself to the standard and allow somebody to treat you that way. And so I need you to learn how to take care of yourself first. And it, it started just becoming a theme, like, and especially for like new moms. I mean, I'm a new mom. You're a, re- you're a new mom too. I mean, I think cruises too, right? Half, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine are one and two. So it's still a very much a learning process, right? Like big time, especially like once you have that first newborn and you're like not sleeping and you're up all night determining, um, the load of work between you and your partner. If you're not having those conversations really early on and setting yourself up for success, men aren't taught how to nurture the same way that women are Mm -hmm. and women aren't taught to ask for help from men. So we get caught in this pattern where it is just destruction. I feel like in that first year, and it's a lot of, that's a lot of what I end up coaching women with too, is, um, just standing up for themselves in like your basic fundamental needs, like getting sleep and finding ways to feed yourself and ask, asking for help from family and friends and making sure that you're connected. So there's just a lot of times that I feel like women especially aren't really taught or prepared enough with the tools and skills to know how to prioritize themselves um, healthily. Yeah, because you see all these people online and on TV and you get these like twisted perceptions of reality and what they're really doing and or happy couples and thinking that it should be the exact same way. And I mean, I know like I struggled this huge whenever I first had cruise and I was shifting my business. I've, I've always been super driven with my business and wanting to provide for, for the families, you know, being mm-hmm. one of the provider in the family, if not like the biggest provider, that's like my right. whole, um, you know, and then I had this baby and it was like, I was in this place where it felt like I only had time. I mean, really hell in a healthy place. I should have been taking care of Cruz and myself and mm-hmm. you know, just like taking the time, but I was trying to do all the things, taking care of Chris and Cruz and yeah. my business. And I wasn't taking care of myself. And I see pictures of back, you know, those first yeah. few months. And I just look, oh, like dead behind the eyes, just trying to do all the things. And, yeah. and I was not doing any of the things to take care of myself. Well, because somewhere along the way, we as women have been taught that it, it's our responsibility to take care of our children. But if we want to have worth in a patriarchal society, we also have to have the hustle, the drive, the delegation skills, the like leadership to also like run our own businesses or show up in business without slowing down to do that. So right, it's impossible. It's truly impossible. And I feel like we're only just starting to talk about it for real, like within the last five and 10 years, like, okay, women, we can't actually do this this way. (laughs) Like let's talk about like maternity leaves and paternity leaves because men are a part of this dynamic as well. This shouldn't all fall on the woman's shoulders. And so really, like I said, really changing up the dynamics of families to help um, support the woman and her new quest for personal self-care. So how do you explain this to a woman sitting in your chair who 
has the business or the career that she wants to grow and has the family or, you know, all the other things going on, who has her self-worth tied to her productivity and her performance, but she's Mm -hmm. letting herself go. How do you explain to her why she needs to kind of flip the script on herself and prioritize her health first and how, like how it trickles down into the rest of it? I feel like it's become a real cliche at this point, and I'm going to need to come up with another metaphor to hit differently. But mm-hmm. right now I rely on the old traditional, you can't fill from an um, empty cup. Yeah. And literally if you're depleted and you're trying to make all other ends meet, you're going to burn out. And mm-hmm. I think that we have also become so accustomed to the feelings of burnout that we don't even know when we're burnt out. We just kind of push through that. And that's also not healthy. Mm -hmm. So just knowing that it's going to affect your health in the long run, that impacts your children because then, you know, the way that you're showing up for your children is teaching them the same bad habits that we've been taught. Mm -hmm. So helping her to create that change in her system. Mm -hmm. Um, But also yeah, just realizing that it's it's only sustainable for so long and it's going to catch up to you at some point. Um, so the sooner you start listening to me, the better. And they'll tell me, they'll come in and they'll be like, okay, you're right. <laughs> this is caught up to me. Like what I'm doing isn't working. Let's try things your way. For somebody listening who maybe doesn't realize that they are burnout or on the verge of burnout, are there like tell to, like signs that you absolutely see. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely like when and it's tricky because it also well it feels like symptoms of anxiety where mm-hmm. maybe you have like some brain fro- brain fog mm-hmm. um an inability to sleep or a need to sleep more mm-hmm. um you'll start seeing it manifest physically too. So if you get like cold sores or any sort of breakout like that, that's when you're going to start experiencing them. Um, your joints and back might start aching. You'll start having digestive problems. Um, you may be unable to eat or feel like you need to eat a lot more to sustain your energy. Mm -hmm. Um, you won't have energy to do the movement that, you know, you're trying to get through, through the day. So it's all things that I think we're all like, oh, well, that could just be anything. But when it is all coming together, and I think especially when it's like affecting your thinking and women will tell me like, oh, I couldn't even complete a sentence today. I'm like, you need to take a nap because you're pushing yourself, you know? Right. It it really starts affecting you cognitively, but also physically. Yeah. And those, and those symptoms, like you said, they can seem so vague, like, and so easily looked over. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted you to share that because you don't look at those things as signs of burnout. You're just like, Oh, I'm just tired today or whatever the situation may be. But whenever they, a few of them come together, then you're really in trouble. And that's what it took for me where I was so tired and I had such brain fog and I was so snappy and just damn near with my family. And then I'm looking like, this isn't helping my business. Mm -hmm. And especially with women like us that have, you know, social media presences and need to create content and have a level of creativity. 
that's one of the first things for me that goes right out the window whenever I'm burning out or I'm working on too much or I'm not taking care of myself. The creativity is gone. And so critical in, in the online space and in what we do. So I'm happy that you shared that because that was like a big aha moment for me where I was just like, it's just not worth it. I mean, okay. If my business doesn't grow because I take care of myself, then too bad because it's not going to grow with me like sick and miserable and my family and marriage going down the toilet (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'm, but it's, it's the opposite too. So like when you do take that day to rest, we're thinking in the back of our minds, oh my gosh, we've got to be on stories today. We've got to make this post. I've got to make sure that I have things lined up for the next few days. Not showing up on social media for one day may feel like it's one step back, but then you have the energy the next day to show up and make up in, in spades. Is that what people say? (laughs) Um, (laughs) up like double makeup what you're doing because you actually have the energy and the passion. Like you want to be there. And that means a lot more to your audience than you showing up and like faking it because you just don't have the energy to really be into it. You know, it does not hit the same people can pick up on it. Whenever I started taking, I don't do it every weekend, but weekends off from social media for the most part, Mm -hmm. uh, game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Huge. So, okay. Okay. (laughs) Over everything. And how do you do this in your own day-to-day life? So I am a huge proponent of schedulers and making plans and making the time to make the time. Mm -hmm. So I will a ensure that I'm hitting like my mind fundamentals, my movement, my intention, my nourishment, my deep connections, um, and then prioritizing, um, the other things that I need to do for that day. Um, but the mind fundamentals are like, I'm not going to go to bed without doing them. Or if I do, then I also kind of chalk it up to, if I didn't have the energy to do it today, I'm going to listen to my body and know, um, just don't miss twice tomorrow. I'll make up for it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that way you're staying in the habit. And actually I'm going to be sharing my actual, my personal, uh, plan for accomplishing things in my new course, hustle smart, overcoming the anxiety of getting, stuff, but it's not stuff. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be good for the mamas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm so um, proud of you, by the way. Thank Just you then. for not cussing. Cause I, cuss like I, a <laughs> I really am so bad I'm at it and I'm trying to get better me. at it too. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear about this course. Cause it, it sounds amazing. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a prioritizing the mind fundamentals Mm-hmm. Um, laying the foundations, my practice is now called fundamental health since mind games was taken. And since it is really getting to the basics and making sure that we're taking care of your fundamentals before all else, um, we get to the basics of prioritizing your day, like just how you even lay out your home or your organization and how that plays into it, how your mindset plays into getting things accomplished and what you tell yourself and how that can impact you positively or negatively. Um, so we've got laying the foundation mindset, reset, 
procrastination assassination, which is my favorite part because I've been a sufferer of procrastination for a really long time and still have bouts of it. But the more I'm getting better at it, the more I'm like, oh, this is really easy to tackle if you just do these steps. Um, And then next level hustler mode, like taking it up a notch, especially for your women who are in business. um, These are all tips that can really, I think, just drastically change the way that you get through a day as like a mom, a wife, a business owner, a all of the roles that we play as women that I think that we forget are really overwhelming if you stop to think about how much is truly on our plate. Mm-hmm. So getting it done with efficiency um, and doing it mindfully, I feel like is important rather than just We've all had those days where you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off and you feel like you accomplish nothing at the end of the day. Right. So kind of avoiding that and making sure that you're not too burnt out to come home and spend time, like quality time with your kids or your partner or taking care of yourself and finding that nourishment. I love that because all of this makes so much, like it makes sense conceptually. Like, yeah, of course we should be taking care of ourselves. But even, I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm like, and I, I've gotten so much better myself, but mm-hmm. I'm still like, oh man, when push comes to shove, <laughs> I'm all like nine times out of 10, I'm going to choose the work thing over a workout. Right. So like, yep. I'm still sitting there like, how do you implement that? So if anybody else is feeling like me, how do we do this? And I'm going to have to join this course because, yeah, because, you know, I, anybody else is wondering I love that you're going to kind of walk us through the process and show us how, and I love that you start with the mind fundamentals and then you trickle down to the hustle end. That's the end the yeah. hustle part. So I, that's going to be very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited. And you're also, so you are a therapist first and foremost, but you're also coaching as well. I am. I'm launching my first coaching course. And we haven't talked about this, but I actually coached with you in the game change. No, that's not what you called it. Was it game changers? Your first launch of your personal one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. So we came up with this idea together and I want to give you credit for that because I think that this is really has the potential to level up my business too. And it has helped me grow in ways that I knew I wanted to, but wasn't really sure how to go about doing. So I am going to be coaching women because I know that the stigma of therapy is still there. And I mean, I've experienced it myself, you know, like it took me 12 years of knowing it was something I needed to do and ignoring Mm -hmm. it. And I'm sure there are so many other women that are in that place and I don't want to force it. You know, you can, you can drag a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can't make people do what they're not ready to do. And so I want to make Um, just the process of growth as approachable to people as possible. And so if they're working with me as a therapist and they're like, oh, maybe therapists aren't what I perceive them to be because this chick Lindsay is really cool or, you know, and I'm hoping that they're getting a little bit of a taste of it. I definitely do not do therapy as a coach, um, but it is kind of an introduction into like, um, this is what could be a next step. And I'm sure that with the water, yeah, dipping your toe in the water. And I'm sure that 
a lot of times when you start recognizing that you need to go to therapy, it's because you start recognizing a pattern of getting stuck. And mm-hmm. you do that a lot in coaching, right? Like even in my experience coaching with you, I was like, this is something I need to go to therapy about. <laughs> <laughs> and likewise, start, there were things yeah. That, yeah, that came up for me too. It happens all the time. Yeah. So going back and recognizing where the pattern started that get you stuck in your movement is something that would be handled with a therapist. And so I'm sure that I'll be referring people to consider therapy, but my coaching program will be, I think, just an introduction into just a little more self-care and and growing and building in a way that um, you just haven't learned, I think, yet or done appropriately. Yeah. And I I think it's genius because I mean, obviously I coach women, I'm not a therapist. Um, but I think especially for the things that you teach there, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that coach self-care and that Mm -hmm. are self-care coaches and, you know, other similar titles, but they don't have the background and the knowledge that you do as Mm -hmm. a therapist. So if I were looking for something and help in the areas that we were talking about today, I would be, I would definitely want to book with you because I know that you have the education, you know, how to talk me through things Mm -hmm. and, and yeah. And what's the difference between therapy and coaching? Would you say? Coaching is very goal driven. And so having that accountability, like you're going to process your goals at the beginning and understand what we want to achieve at the end. And what I want to offer with this course, especially coming out of Corona or where we are in Corona Mm -hmm. is I think so many people are realizing that they're in careers or positions that they don't actually love. And they're not super inspired to want to go back to, we get really good at settling because it makes everybody else happy. We're bringing in money for the family. Things are just comfortable. And so I think that another good takeaway of Corona is it's put us in this really uncomfortable position and we can either go back to things being mediocre or we can like step into the best spot of our lives. And I feel like once you start learning that you're able to make those decisions, like big, scary decisions for yourself, mm-hmm. then you're a little more driven to, to do it. And I don't know, taking the small steps to, to prioritize yourself leads into being able to make those bigger, bigger goals and reach them. I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. It, and that's where it starts. Cause once you start taking care of yourself and you start addressing those things and you're, you become happier, you lose the weight of all the stress that you've been carrying for some people, you might become healthier and then you want the rest of your life to reflect. And oftentimes it's, it will start to organically. And then you can more easily look at what is happening around you and say, okay, this is not, this is not working anymore with how I feel and how I want to feel. Exactly. Because what you think determines how you feel and how you feel determines how you act. So if you're taking care of yourself and feeling great about yourself, you're not willing to settle for that mediocre anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping to help women start with really small steps with the mind fundamentals and realize like how amazing their lives can be. Mm. 
I love it. Yeah. So anybody listening, and I'm going to jump into that wants to just start taking a little bit better care of themselves and see where that goes, which I, I agree, it can lead to incredible realizations and moves in your life. You've got to check out Lindsay's upcoming, what do you, it's a class, right? Hustle it's, Smart. Is that what you're calling Hustle it? Hustle Smart, um, Overcoming the Anxiety of Getting Ish Done is That's a done. course I'm going to be offering, um, but I'm offering the Mind Masters Mastermind, and yeah. it's going to be a group coaching group coaching opportunity because, again, deep connections and leveling up your circle mm-hmm. helps us to grow together. Um, and because I've been there, I've transitioned from hotel manager to the nightclub bartender, which we were talking about before recording while I was going to grad school, which mm-hmm. like talk about a, a identity change. Like my friends thought I was losing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and so recognizing how that level of scariness can actually be overcome because you're shaking up your system. You're, you're shaking up your entire circle when you start making these big decisions. And I think that that's what hold us hold this back so frequently is like the fear of what other people are going to think about us. So that's something I can coach you through. Like this is going to happen. It's totally normal how to have conversations with your partner to get get their buy-in and their support. Mm -hmm. All of these things that maybe are in the back of your mind. Like I've always wanted to do this. Like I have a friend who's like seeking out um, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Mm-hmm. At, right now, she's been in corporate um, hospitality for the past fifteen years and is just now doing it. And like, it's things like that that I want to do, where you're like completely overcoming the identity of what people perceive that you should be, yeah. and being like, "Bye, haters! I don't care," and doing it because you only have one life, and you right. can only be so happy. You may as well maximize it and put yourself first. And that always trickles down into improving your relationships and all of your career goals and teaches your children how important it is to prioritize your happiness and wellness. Um, and so it's, it's really changing the multi-generational patterns that we talked about in the beginning and Thank you, creating a better society for us. Yeah. So long story short, y'all be selfish, take care of yourself first because mm-hmm. everybody will be happier once yeah. you're doing that. I, I really do believe that. And it's not selfish. Yeah. It's just what we should be doing anyway. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, anybody who feels like you have something that you want to try or you feel like you're you're a little scared to do something different with your life. You need to go find Lindsay. She, I mean, like she's already explained, she's totally turned her life around and is chasing after, I mean, you're, you're doing this in real time, chasing after all the things that you want to create in this world. And it's been, and you know, even just a few months ago, when you and I first started working together, you had goals and dreams to start coaching and start offering yeah. trainings like this. You had never done it before and it had freaked you out. You didn't know how it was going to work. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, you never know until you try. And here exactly. you are. A yeah. few minutes later on my podcast, talking yeah. about this incredible offer, and it can be that fast, right? So, yeah, it's literally. just you realizing it and then taking action on it and taking exactly. Action. So, where can people find you? 
So I'm most active on my Instagram account at Lindsay underscore Paoli. And that's where I'm doing most of my coaching and coursework. Um, But you can also find me for any therapy questions at Fundamental Health LV. Um, And I also have a Facebook group called Mind Matters. And we talk about just mindful living, sharing some recipes and habit hacking tips for getting through the day, um, parenting, all kinds, all things, mind fundamentals and being incorporated in your regular day to day. So. Perfect. And when are these, the mastermind and the class, when are they going to be available soon? This will be out as we're speaking next week. Okay. So I'm starting my launch on the 25th until the fourth for the course. Um, and the mind master mind masters mastermind is following up right after that and probably doing a dual launch at the very end with those two. Perfect. Okay. So as people are listening to this live, it'll be the end of the week that you launch. Um, one of the, they're both be launching very, very soon. So we are going to link all of that in the show notes. Um, and if those links aren't available, then you can just go find Lindsay because we'll link her Instagram and I'm sure she'll be talking about it and hit her up. Yeah, He's definitely. A boss. You taught me that I cannot stop talking about it. So <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I don't blame you. It's a genius, <laughs> genius offer. So much so that I will be in there. Um, so if anybody wants to do it with me, let's do it. Yes. Yay. I know. I'm so excited. But seriously, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and sharing your knowledge because you just, you're such a boss. And thank you. We need, we need more women like you to keep us in check and remind us what we need to be doing to take care of ourselves and also to be going for the big things in our life that we want to go. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I've really been looking forward to this for forever. So me too. We'll have you back for what we're going to talk about next time. Man, we talked a lot more about trauma today than I expected. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff I could, all kinds of stuff. We'll have, we'll have, (laughs) we'll have, we'll do a poll and let everybody vote. Yeah. Yeah relationships, trauma. Oh yeah. We didn't even touch on couples counseling and that's probably the most fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll take a poll. See, I'll be on the lookout for that, but thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you. Hey friend. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many women as possible. And if this episode helped you in any way, you can directly impact my efforts by simply sharing a screenshot of this to your social media or team. Also, if you're looking for additional support, feel free to find me on Instagram at Allie I. Reeves and or join the free Six Figure Influencer Facebook group.